you know, cinemagraphic, cinegraphics? Yeah. Cinema, cinematics. Those, cinematics, that's why. You're listening to episode 22, Two Little Ducks. Yeah, that's the one, isn't it? Of the Massive Attack Podcast. You get the picture. Bingo. Anyway. Bingo reference. Yes. I'm sure our listeners are big bingo fans. Well, they should be. Shouldn't they? I don't know. When's the last time you've done bingo? I can't remember. I couldn't tell you. I, I don't I, think it's in the 2000s. I think I was in an RSL once and they had free bingo for the seniors, but uh, I didn't partake. But anyway. When you are close to a senior, you could have. Well, speaking of close to seniors, we are rushing this episode because you're going overseas to celebrate your birthday. To celebrate my midlife crisis. I don't want to turn... It's a, it's a holiday with a zero at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm going to Disneyland, yes. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, did you introduce who we were? No. Paper well, Just in now. case it's a shock, it's a shock. I'm, it's, I'm Mitch and Joe was with me, just like yes. every other episode. In case you've got 22 episodes in and just went, <laughs> who are these guys? What are their names? And I'm sorry if it is your first episode. I, I apologize. It's yes. very unprofessional. Yes. Well, yes. So let's getting get, back on track. Yeah, well, let's get, let's get into it quickly, shall we? Let's start... As we most of the time do, we'll do gaming. And have you been gaming? I haven't. I haven't been playing a lot. I've played a few things, but nothing really new. I've finished Lego Lord of the Rings with my six-year-old. As in, you finished the story, or you've gone um, and done the thousand points? No, no, I'm a little way off doing the thousand points. So we finished the story. I'm not sure if we did mention it in the last show or not, but we finished the story, and we decided we would move on and start Lego Batman Two. Mm-hmm. And we're a couple of levels into that, and he's quite enjoying it. Although, we did play one level the other day, and I was playing Robin, and he was playing Batman, and he managed to jump Batman off a cliff, and Batman got stuck on a little island next to a sewage pipe or something, and no matter what we did, he couldn't get Batman off that little platform, because every time he stood in the water, he died. Well, hear that, Batman fans? Superman yes. could have just flown off. Exactly. Well, Batman, he's stuck on a freaking island. No, so we actually had to reset the level, and he got a bit upset that we had to uh, stop and redo it, but... Thankfully, we knew what we were doing the second time and breezed through it. But yes, I am quite enjoying that. And as I said, we finished the main story of Lego Lord of the Rings, and I probably should have stopped there, but I've then gone back on my own and get some of the achievements that I haven't got yet. So, so far, I'm about... It's not as fun as the other Lego games. It's different, and I don't like the fact that there's no hub world. And I've mentioned this before, there's no hub world. You, You kind of have to wander around until you find one of these map stones, and then from a map stone, you can... You know, fast travel anywhere, but to get to the map stones, there's a lot of walking. But I'm now, I think I've got about 700 achievement points out of it. There's probably only about 10 more achievements I need, and most of those are the clear every level. And yeah, I'd be totally happy with 700 points. Well, I, would, I, I should mo- be. I would be moving on. I've unlocked I would have moved all. The, on before. I've unlocked all the characters. I've unlocked all the extras. It's just finding all the treasures in the levels. And there's a couple of like weird ones. It's like finish one level within 15 minutes. And the levels are quite long. So I'm not sure if I'll be able to do that one or not. But yeah. So that, that's really my playing. Yep. I've actually bought a few things, but I haven't got around to playing them yet. And yes. we've also had the free games for Games for Gold this month. Yep. And after a bit of humming and hiring, I decided I was going to get the first one this month, which was Magic the Gathering, because yeah. I figured even if I am never going to play it, it's free. Yeah. And I've got the hard drive space. I know nothing about Magic the Gathering, the yeah. card game side of things. I know the card game is really popular, but I really don't know how it translates I, across onto When I went to Xbox. PAX, there was a big display, and they if you went in and played a demo, like it was a card game on the iPad, and if you played and it was sort of like, your first taste is free, sort of crack, sort of thing. It's mm. like, oh, come on. I got two free decks, starter decks. 
okay. giveaways and stuff for magic still play, for magic yeah. but it didn't really make any sense to me and i just didn't i couldn't get into it yeah. like i mean it was a five minute play on an ipad and it's it's not what i want to do and it also scares me with the way to play this game you have to deck build like yeah. if you all right computer games are probably going to be cheaper because you don't have to buy physical cards but the actual cards you've got to build a great deck to play with but and that I th- means buying a lot of cars. Now, I, know, I, I think the Xbox version is like that. There's DLC packs which are the See, that's just better cards. And stuff. I don't want that. Although, I think with the real-life cards, it's kind of like you buy a 10-pack and if you're lucky, you get a good one in it. Kind, kind of, of thing, yeah. Kind of like it's baseball cards. Making or, money, yeah. Yeah, football so, cards. That just scares me a little, and I yeah. don't want to get involved. So I just didn't even bother, even though it was free. I just, I'm assuming you got to play it with friends to get the most out of it. And, I think so, and I can't be bothered. And, and we don't really have friends. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll no. stick to playing Uno without the camera. Yes, because we don't want to see Laurie's wing. <laughs> yes, but the second free game that just came out on the 16th of this month was Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Vegas, yes. which I just downloaded last night. I haven't. And in a way, I'm kind of glad, because when it was big and we were sort of into shooters, we were playing a little bit of the demo, and I did like it, although I found it a bit too tactical and a bit too technical, but for free, it's probably a good well, I a good gave Ghost Recon a go recently and gave up pretty quickly, so I'm thinking, it's squad base, isn't it? So you're first person or third person, but you've got to control your squad as well. I think so. I can't really remember from the demo. now, and so it's probably the graphics aren't as good. Yeah. I don't know, I'm just... I don't know. Again, it's free, but I'm just like, can I be bothered? I keep getting all these games, and yeah. the problem with anything cheap or free, I find I'm not enjoying, and I give up really quickly because mm. I have no value in them. Yeah, and I think that's the problem now with these games for gold. Like I've downloaded, which I have, I've downloaded everything so far of these free games for gold, and I've only played one of them since I've downloaded them, and that was Dead Rising. Yep. And I played probably two or three hours of that, but I haven't gone back to it. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Maybe they'll they'll come up. But like, apparently this is only going to last till November when the, the Xbox One comes out. So, mm. maybe they'll throw something really good at us for I the doubt, last I mean, one. I don't, well, I don't know. I'm, I just appreciate that they're doing it. It doesn't have to be my sort of games. I can't expect them to be, you know, all good or all appealing to me, but I just appreciate the fact that it's happening. Yeah, so it's, I, it's a nice thank you, isn't it? I don't... I'm not going to turn around and say, oh, they're choosing shit games. It's just, they're not for me. Mm. I'm a little bit worried, actually, because I'm not sure if we'll still be able to get Xbox Gold subscriptions for Xbox 360 when Xbox oh, One comes to. out. All right. There's that many out there. Yeah. Not everyone's going to jump onto the Xbox straight away. Mm. They've got to service those people. Well, that's true. They, there's there's no way. I mean, they only just stopped making a PlayStation 2 game Yeah. Like recently. And a lot of those games were kiddie sort of ones, but... Well, I think, wasn't the, it FIFA or something like no, that? It's going to be. Okay. Yeah, I think FIFA 14 is going to be the last game for PlayStation yeah. 2. So the fact that that's two generations ago, as yeah. of November, yeah. and it's only now they're going to stop, there's no way they're not going to you know, keep the Xbox 360 looked after for at least a year, if not more. Hopefully. I don't know how long it took for the Xbox the original when the 360 came out for them to stop supporting it. it took a while I thought yeah I think they were still making games for the for the Xbox original the servers would have been up yeah not that there was a hell of a lot of online stuff anyway for the original Xbox mm. and then when 360 came they did a massive overhaul of the servers and the whole interface and made it more user friendly yeah so you've been playing anything else no as I said I haven't really been playing anything else I actually jumped back on the PC and played a little bit of Age of Empires online just recently because I read an article somewhere where they said they're turning the servers off in January so I thought I may as well get on and get a bit of fun out of it before it dies mm-hmm. but when I turned so it on so you can't I had... play that without a server no it's it's a totally online game oh. even though you can play like one player you have to be online to play it which is kind of weird I don't know what's going to happen with that 
annoying. Yeah, it is, because I've actually bought some of the premium stuff for it too, so it could mean that I've done my dough and I can't play it anymore. That's, but that's not good I'm sure there'll be an announcement. But I hadn't played it for a long time, and then when I did play it, it was obviously I hadn't played it for a while, because the amount of patches and updates and stuff to download, I think it took about an hour to download everything okay. before I could get on it. But yeah, I mentioned I hadn't really played anything else. You did bring Injustice over, and I had a bit of a hit with that. Yep. Because you had finished Injustice now, and I was impressed. I really like the graphics. I like the feel of it. It was a button masher fighter, but I still managed to. And that, I mean, I pull enjoyed off a it. Specials. Being a DC Comics fan, it was great playing all those characters and doing all those things. Yeah. And I button mashed my way through the story and got to see all those, seeing all those cinematics. So that was great. But there's all these Star Lab missions now, and there's certain aspects and. I sort of did keep doing some for a while, but yep. then I thought, oh, I really want to do a storyline net game now. Yeah. I was sort of over the fighting game. Like, it was fun to do for a little while. Something I wish it was on the hard drive, because then I could sort of, like, do two games and then go and do something else and come back every now and then and just do one. If I had ten minutes to spare, I could do a, a mission or whatever. Yep. But I don't know what made me do it, and I think, one, I had to watch stuff on my computer, which is next to my old Xbox, which I haven't turned on for months. So I was like, oh... Mass Effect 2. I haven't touched that for ages. I'll have a check it out again. And I looked at the game, so I didn't realise I'd done 20 hours in this thing. I oh, thought really? I've only just done a little bit. So I'm up to 30 plus hours now. So in the last week, I've played another 10 hours. God, it's a good game. I, I forget. Yeah. Sort of don't play for a while. And I go, no, I'm enjoying this. And I've been doing some game mechanic in it totally wrong. Like, you're meant to scan planets. Yeah. And I thought I scanned them, but I didn't. Oh, okay. So you push a button to scan, and it says, oh, it's a moderate planet. Oh, okay. And I thought that was it. No, you actually have to, <laughs> you know, move a target around the planet, and it sort of, a graph sort of goes, oh, yeah, there's there's more stuff here. You send a probe, fight it, or a probe, and that's how you gather iridium and all this stuff, which you make things with yeah. later on or research with. I'm like, oh. Oh, there you go. So that didn't really affect my gameplay, I don't think, but now I'm doing a lot more. Which is handy when you're watching things on the computer because you can just scan and it vibrates when you find stuff on the planet. So I was like, oh, cool. I'm not not watching. I'm just moving the joysticks around. And the storylines are so good. The amount of story that's in there is amazing. I mean, there's two discs, this one. But it's it's just big and and not diverse like this. The storyline isn't, although the gameplay isn't diverse. Yeah. But your scenarios are kind of like, all right, you've got to do this and do that. Yes, all it ends up with a a gunfight the same as every other level. But the reason you're having the gunfight is different. It's not like other games where it's just like, keep going, keep going, keep going. So, yeah, I'm totally digging it and I just can't get enough at the moment. I'm like, I just want to go back. Like, I'm doing things and I'm enjoying, but I'm like, but I could go back and play some Aspect 2. So the only problem is it's on my old CRT tally and because I'm stupid, I can't move my game save for some reason off that onto my big tally, which is the nice screen. Is, haven't you saved it on I tried all those cloud, things and it just that? didn't work. Oh, okay. I, I put on memory sticks, I've done it to the cloud, and I can't pull it off for some reason. That's a shame. So it's on a CRT, so it's not as good as it could look, and the text is really bad, so you do get a headache if you're reading a lot of text, because you just can't read half the stuff. So does that mean now if you start Mass Effect 3, you'll have to play it on the old telly as well? Well, hopefully I'll figure something out by that point, but yeah, at the moment it's looking that way, I was like, no, because I'm assuming Mass Effect 3 is going to be even prettier. I think so. Hmm. It is a pretty game as well. It's so well directed, so well designed. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but it is a long haul, but that's fine. I'm, I don't mind. Can't remember why I stopped. I think it's because we got the new telly, and I've played Probably. everything on the big telly now. But that's that's my Xbox gaming. Hmm. But I have been playing another game. Really? Yes, and I'm not going to say it. It's not Candy Crush? No, it's not. <laughs> but it is on my phone. Okay. And it's very similar to Candy Crush. Pet Rescue? No. It is Marvel... 
Puzzle Quest. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Now, I love Puzzle Quest, which is a similar to Candy Crush in those Match 3 puzzle games. Yeah. But what you do in that one is you play a character, and that character uses spells or weapons, and those colors that you collect in... If you collect three gems, like three yellow ones, yep. you've got certain spells or powers that use like eight green, two yellow, three red. Yeah, so, so when you collect that amount of gems, you can use that spell. Yeah, it's, it's a bit more strategic than, than yeah. your Candy Crush. And you have a, a health, so you might start with 800 health, and you fight a demon, and he's got 400 health, and there's skulls that you collect as well as gems, so if you get skulls, you take away from their health, and you can heal, and you can damage, and it's who gets to the... You get the other person to zero yeah. first, you win. And then you go and have an adventure. Adventure! You you, you quest. Yep. You have a story, hence puzzle quest. Yeah. So, really enjoyable, and I've got that on my... I had it on my DS first, like Peggle. I had it on my DS first, then I got it on my iPhone, and then it is on the Xbox. I don't have it on the yeah, Xbox. Yeah, so I, I've got Puzzle Quest and Puzzle Quest 2 on the Xbox, but I much preferred it on the iPad, because yeah. I've got Puzzle Quest 2 on the iPad, and it's just so much easier to, like... You know, lay in bed with your iPad and just play a couple of levels and then realise so it's, it's one o'clock in the morning. Bed and touch, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Definitely. So yes. Avengers Puzzle Quest. So this is Marvel Puzzle Quest, which oh, got me excited Marvel. because it's like, ooh, Puzzle Quest. So if it's officially Puzzle Quest, it's the same people. Let me just, not as good. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, That's it's fine. It's a match three game and you get to be characters and animations are kind of cool. Essentially, it's, it's a very sort of basic match three. I'm just showing you Joe now. Good job. This is a, your audio podcast. But yeah. Um, Assassin. Okay. Well, it, it, the screen wise, it looks a lot like Puzzle Quest. Was it a, a premium? It's free. Yeah. And I don't know if there's any purchases in there either. I, I, well, that's good. I can't find where the purchases are. But it's sort of storyline-based. It's no, then You sort of go, oh, follow this tree here, and you accumulate comic book covers as you go, and that gives you more characters. So you start with Iron Man, then you get Storm, then you get Black Widow and Hawkeye. That's as far as I've got this far. Okay, well, that's pretty good. So it's good when Candy Crush says, stop playing, and I go over to Puzzle Quest and play for a bit. <laughs> and the, the, something that does happen is um, if your characters are injured, like, they lose health, and then you go to... And you win, you go to the next one, and it's like, oh, you need... To revive your players. Okay. So you start with six yeah. lives, essentially. Yeah. So you can't play if they're sick. Like, you get sick. They're not at Injured. full health. Yeah. yeah. So you might have them at three quarters. They can sort of keep going, but they start obviously restricted. And if they're out, then you revive them by using one of your lives. But I've used that to get going because you can't play without them. But then if you wait, you've got a time limit on it. So, you know, in 15 minutes, I'll be finding it. Okay. So there's no option that I can see to buy your way out of it. So well, it just seems good. like a legitimately free game. So, yeah, Marvel Puzzle Quest. I might have to uh, check the App Store for that. Yes. Yeah, not as good as Puzzle Quest, not as good as Candy Crush, but still a nice alternative. And it's free. And free. Well, let's just jump into movies. Let's speak about Marvel first, because I actually am on holidays at the moment, so I've had a bit of a chance to watch a lot more movies than normal. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, most of the movies that I've watched so far, I've been a little bit disappointed with. And the first one of those... Well, the first (laughs) one was Iron Man 3. Yes. And I'm not sure if we really discussed Iron Man 3 when you saw it when it first came out. Only because you hadn't, I didn't really go into it a lot. Yeah, but now that now that it's out on DVD and it's it's on Foxtel On Demand, I thought we'd check it out. My wife and I decided to watch it, mm-hmm. and both of us were a bit underwhelmed. It sort of it was a hard one. I think I said at the time 
after Avengers, the hype was so big on expecting a big film to top that, it wasn't. Yeah. And it was, I think it was a conscious decision to go, no, 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 we're not Avengers 2, we're not Avengers 1.5, this is Iron Man 3. They shouldn't have called it Iron Man 3, they should have called it Tony Stark 1. No. Because he is Iron Man. I That's know the he point is of the Iron movie. Man. That's the point. But yeah, I just found there was too much Tony Stark and not enough Iron Man. And I found well, I found the fact that he had the remote controlled suit was just annoying as well because the suit went and did stuff and he wasn't even in the suit. Because he is Iron Man. Doesn't It's not about the suit. He is Iron Man. It's funny because I went into Lobo's Collectible yesterday and they were playing the first Iron Man movie yep. while I was in there and I watched and it was a bit where he's flying for the first time when he flies over to the Middle East and did his yep. shoot him up a bit and then <clears throat> the American planes are going to shoot him down and, he, and he's talking to Rody on the plane saying, oh, do you know anything I'm talking about? Oh, what's that noise? It's like, I'm just driving with the top down, you know, <laughs> and it was awesome. Like yeah. it was just so much fun and everything and this one... Because it was a bit darker with his whole post-traumatic stress, yeah, the humour was still there, but it was a different take. The Mandarin was great eventually. Yeah, I didn't find Guy Pearce as a, a, a credible bad guy. Oh, he was fine, just the character was a bit meh. And I, I mean, actually, the little kid just annoyed the piss out no, of me. I thought he was fine. But yeah, I, I was disappointed with Iron Man 3, which is a bit of a shame. I think if I saw it again now, knowing what I'm expecting, like I haven't seen Man of Steel again, but I reckon going in now, I'll probably get more out of it because I didn't know what it was going in. And then it's like, oh, okay, I know exactly what it is now. I'll get more out of it this time. So I think that'll be better, but yeah. Another movie that we've previously discussed briefly on the the show that I finally got around to watching was Expendables 2. Mm -hmm. And in a different way to how Iron Man 3 didn't live up to expectations, I think Expendables 2 was exactly what I was expecting. Not very good. Yeah, I was kind (laughs) of expecting it to be an average B-movie, and it kind of was an average B-movie, but I, I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed the first one so much more. Yeah, the first one was better. I found that there was just too many cliches in the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like they were trying too hard, like with Arnold doing the "I'm back" and you know "I'll be back," and then Bruce Willis saying "No, I'll I'll go, I'll be back" sort of thing and stuff like that. I just thought that was a bit Chuck Norris standing. (laughs) Yeah, 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 and Chuck Norris when he came out, they're like, "Oh, I thought you were the lone wolf" and all this sort of stuff. It was like, how much can they? So I think the next one, from when I gather the script writers from, I don't know if it's Fast and Furious or something like that, but so whoever's, they've actually got a script writer on board for the third one, so yeah. hopefully that'll be better. And Mel Gibson's going to be in the third one. And if you've seen a picture of him, he's buff. Yeah. Like he's, so is he going to be the bad guy in the I third one? I have no idea. Ben Dan was the best thing about the third I one. I thought Ben Dan. He was great. He should yeah. be a villain more often. He's so hateable, then he's great. Yeah, I think I've only seen him as a villain in a couple of movies. No retreat, no surrender, exactly. That was what came to mind. But I was kind of hoping that there might be a martial arts fight between Van Damme and Chuck Norris. Instead, they just had the bad plastic surgery fight between Sylvester Stallone and Van Damme Mm. to see who had the worst eye jobs done. But yeah, it was what I expected. I mean, it was fine. But I think the first one was a more coherent movie. Yeah. With a story. Yeah. But and yeah. bits of it were just really obvious. Like, you know, the young people going to be the first one to die and yes. stuff. Yes. Spoilers. My, Mr. Miley. Is he still Mr. Miley? Not anymore. No. Uh, yes. Anything else? Yeah, I went back and rewatched Snatch, speaking of Jason Statham, because I hadn't seen that for a long time. And we took some DVDs with us when we went away on holidays. Dags. Yeah, Dags. Dags. I, I, I think that's probably my favourite Brad Pitt movie. I, I think that's his best role. Not the I, whole I, world. I, no. And I think he's actually better in Snatch than he is in Fight Club, but that's just my opinion. But we did actually watch a couple more movies mm. other than the movies that we're going to talk about for our challenge this month. But 
two movies that I actually did enjoy, one of them more than I thought I would, and that was Oblivion, the new Tom Cruise science fiction movie. Wally. Wally for humans. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple of twists in that movie that I didn't see coming that I thought were quite well done. What are the twists? It's going to be a spoiler because it's a fairly modern movie. I will not spoil it too much, but there is some unexpected turns near the end of the film. But it was good. It was visually really nice. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, I kind of think that if he's in the right role, he owns it and he does it well. But if he's not in the right role, he just feels like he can't be bothered. But I don't think I've ever seen him not try. It's not like a Bruce Willis. No. And he, he tries Buddy Hard. I think he's a very good actor. I can turn off the Tom Cruise versus the performance. Yeah. I'll watch a movie with him in it. I'm not going to not watch it. If the movie appeals to me, I will watch it. But no, I think he's a very good actor. Yeah, he, he was credible in this role. He was kind of like the working man rather than the, the action hero, which which worked out well. And there was the, <laughs> the obligatory Tom Cruise running scene. Well, of course, he's got to run. <laughs> yeah. But no, I really enjoyed it. And as I said, visually it looked good. It was directed by the same guy that did the latest Tron reboot. That's not good. Well, I haven't seen Tron, but I've heard that visually it looked good. Yeah, it looked alright. And and this looked good. It was it was you know post apocalyptic, and yeah, just enjoyed it. But another cool. movie you gonna that, see After Earth? I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't, don't think, think so. Should. No, I don't think so either. From all reports, it was terrible, and you can't say Earth anyway anymore. It's uh, Earth. 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 Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. It, it looked good in the trailer, but no, then it didn't. do you reckon? No. The bit where all the animals were running and stuff, it kind of looked alright. No. I want to see Elysium, speaking of... Yes, that well. Elysium is kind of almost the same concept of, of Oblivion, only there's more humans in yep. Elysium. Basically, all the humans have already left Earth in Oblivion and no, just left Tom Cruise behind. Class. Well, in, oh, in, sorry, Oblivion. in Oblivion. In Oblivion, everyone's left, and Tom Cruise <coughs> is just left there to clean up, kind of thing. Wally. Wally, yeah. But yes, the, the other movie that I watched this month that I really did enjoy was Now You See Me. The magic magician thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a movie that I, I saw the ads for. I think we may have even seen the ad when we saw Fast 6 and we were both sort of sitting there going, yeah, this kind of looks good. And it, it was good. I, again, this is a movie that you can't really say much about because the twist at the end is... There's another twist? There's another twist. A really unexpected twist in this. But the the acting calibre in Now You See Me is really good. Like Mark Ruffalo is the policeman that's chasing the crooks and he's awesome. Woody Harrelson is just Woody Harrelson in that sort of typical steal the show kind of great lines Woody Harrelson. Michael Caine's in it and this isn't one of the times that Michael Caine sort of sat around and went I need a boat I'm just going to do yep. whatever. He actually was quite good in it. James Franco's younger brother who I can't remember is his first name is also in it. I he's think that's his name good. James Franco's younger brother. Um, Jesse Eisenberg who I hadn't seen Social Network so I didn't really know what to expect for, from Jesse Eisenberg but he was good and Isla Fisher was good as well and we were actually talking off air last week about Isla Fisher and saying that there's just something about her that is believable. It's like she's not like a supermodel sort of actress she's just looks like a normal person well, she just grew up on the coast of new south wales and went to summer bay high i mean <laughs> she's just a typical young girl i mean yeah. you, you just know she's but she just looks natural and it comes across well on screen well, i mean we talked about last week it's sort of like she's married to sasha baron cohen who's not normal no but obviously very clever and the fact that she you know she intrigues him enough that they've been married and have no you know for years yeah exactly. been together for years and everything obviously they're compatible in a lot of ways yeah and stimulate each other mm. mentally and that so i dare say she's a smart girl and therefore can understand hollywood and mm. she's very good yeah and and again visually now you see me the effects in it were really well done. Well, i looked at the effects on that and it's about magic right now yeah. don't spoil it i haven't seen it but i'm assuming it's not 
magic as in this is it's all done it's all done realistically there is a way everything is done there is a little bit of yeah sleight of hand type magic so there's that right so the special effects are there to show oh we're doing all this stuff it's like well that's special effects not magic you know if it was meant to be magic why didn't you come up with a way to do it because it just looks like special effects i don't know there is a couple of scenes where you look at it and go they're they're meant to be like in this big arena show magic the four horsemen they call them and they're they're four really good magicians sort of thing doing this yeah, <laughs> yeah. The poor Roma four horsemen, and they're kind of doing these tricks and stuff. And there's one bit where Isla Fisher's in like this big, like soap bubble, mm. and you can tell. It's well, that's CGI. a bit in the scene the end. That's what I'm. Yeah, and yeah, it, but... you can tell it's CGI, and it's like, well, yeah, that's a bit of a shame. But some of the other tricks they do, like she's a bit of an escape artist, and when you first see her, she's doing like a you know getting out of chains and stuff. Is trick. she in the Escape Club? No, Is she on the Wild Wild West. No, she wasn't in the Wild oh, Wild West. Okay. No, really obscure reference there. I'm not sure how many of our fans will pick that one up. But I recommend it. It's I think it's still showing at the cinemas at the moment. We'll be running out of time, yeah. I think. You might be just missing out, but I'd say when it does come out on DVD, definitely go and see it. Yes. Well, it's worth the show. I've seen a couple of films. And here we go, Astor no, Watch. As- All right, we'll start with that one. <laughs> yes, I have been to the Astor again, and I saw Vertigo. It's a weird thing to go to the cinema just to see one film clip from you too. I mean, really. <laughs> the Alfred Hitchcock classic, which is now considered in some lists as the greatest film ever. Better than Citizen Kane? Yes, in some lists. Okay. You know, probably someone just put it up there. My favourite Alfred Hitchcock movies. It would probably be at the top of that one. Citizen Kane wouldn't be. No, Great, but, greatest um, movie starting with V. Yeah. Is there anything else that starts with V? There would be, but I'm not going to look. No. <laughs> the ventriloquist. I don't know if there's one called that, but there should be. Would that be V um, or would that be under T for the... Depends whose rules you're playing. Yes. Um, anyway, I hadn't seen it before. Like, there is a lot of... There's a lot of holes in my movie going... Movie watching. So, it was great the opportunity to see it on the big screen first. Because there's a couple of films I have seen years ago on my little CRT tally, and they just don't do it justice. Yeah. Where now, at least, if I watched it on, you know, the big modern flat screen tallies, they look, you know, reasonable. Yeah. But there's just something about seeing certain films on the big screen. And Vertigo is amazing. Like, I think I talked about North by Northwest last time. You did, yeah. Yes, and and this is good. And it's a mindfuck. It really is. Like, it's a very clever film. And it's about insanity and everything. It's cool. It's a really cool film. Yeah, I I know nothing about it. I knew the name and I knew it was a Hitchcock movie. I recommend you to check it out. Okay, well, maybe I'll have to dig it up. Yeah, and I'm just amazed that I just don't realise how good films were back then as far as, like, hang on, this is actually quite clever and this is quite this, and it's like, you just don't expect me films that old. There's no reason they weren't, but it's only f- films that old to be that clever or layered. I, I think the problem that people fall into now is everything's effects. So people look at a movie and go, how good do the effects look? And then they judge whether it's a good movie or not. Whereas the older films they didn't rely on the effects quite as much, so you had to get by well, on the acting and the storytelling. No, well, I think... Well, North by Northwest was all effects. There were so many in it. There but they would have been practical effects, though, wouldn't they? No, there was matte paintings, there was um, rear screen projection. Oh, okay. There was superimposed. And we're talking 1959. Yeah. So we're talking the forefront of the effects here. Yeah. So we're talking the most expensive movie made that year or whatever because of the effects. And they were pushing the limit of what they can do. And it holds up. But that was a Hitchcock movie. Hitchcock was a Spielberg at the time. Yeah. So this is a Spielberg movie, essentially. So we're talking the expense, the big, big name cast, special effects, big name director. It's the blockbuster of the time. It just wasn't a superhero movie or something. Yeah. Because that wasn't in vogue at the time. 
Yeah. But spy movies and all that, we're still talking 15 years after war. It's, it's all people are intrigued by that sort of thing. Yeah. But the story was good. The acting was good. It wasn't relying on the special effects. It just seemed to have a lot in them. Okay. And it wasn't what you talk about. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure people at the time were saying, oh, my God, they fought on Mount, Mount Rushmore. Well, they didn't. You look at it now and you go, it's not. But you wouldn't know any better back then, maybe, because yep. you haven't seen anything like it. Okay. Where now the effects are hiding a lot of things and they've got to do set pieces. And I don't know if it's the problem of it costs so much to make, therefore you've got to get it in, so therefore you need this sort of action scene to get people to see it. Otherwise, it's not worth doing because we can't have people talking for two hours. But Jurassic Park was a good film from memory. I haven't watched it for a while, but I'm assuming it still holds up. With good special effects, not too much. Holds up. It's 20 years old now, but the story was still pretty good. But you're looking at some of the stuff that are coming out of late, and it's just nothing. They're not even trying to write a clever script anymore. I think Jurassic Park though, is a little bit different because it's based on a novel. Yeah. So I think they had a good story to start with rather than well, like coming up with a new reports, story. reports, On Stranger Tides is a very good book. It's a pirate book. And then they turn that into a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, which is a schnorfest. Yes. So it's how you translate it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Special effects are hurting films. They are helping films too. But yeah, if you rely on the effects to be the star, then you're going to fail. Well, I remember I was listening to a review of... No, I can't remember if it was White House Down or... Olympus Has Olympus Fallen. Fallen. But they were talking about one of them and saying how it wasn't even filmed in Washington, D.C. It was filmed in Louisiana or something like that and they CG'd all the buildings in. And it's like, well, how shit would that look? I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But just the concept of the fact that they're filming a movie that's predominantly about Washington, D.C., and they weren't even in Washington, D.C. Um, I'm sure you'll find a lot of films do that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think period pieces, they do a lot of it, don't they? They sort of film with... Yeah, like, superimposed over superimposed the top old, things old out. style and... buildings, yeah. Yep. Hmm. Well, other than Vertigo, Mitch, have you seen anything else this I month? saw Kick-Ass 2. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, yeah, I still haven't seen Kick-Ass 1. Uh, they're worth seeing. I'm not going to say hurry to see either of them. But... Okay. After watching Kick-Ass 2, it's just like, I could be happy with just a hit girl movie. I don't need the rest of it. It's fine. It's what it is. Okay. It's, I can't recommend it, but it's kind of weird. Like, I saw Pacific Rim. After watching all that, and I realised this year, I'm overseeing cities being destroyed. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. So Star Trek did it this year. Superman did it. Pacific Rim did it. This is like, I'm done. Give me... And so Kick-Ass was kind of good that it was a bit more street level and there weren't that big explosion. I didn't need to see a city being destroyed. But yeah, it was just... It was a little film. It had had some good moments in it, but it's like, okay. It just didn't feel important. And I don't know if movies have to feel important, but it was just a bit... Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a shame. Oh, it's not a shame. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just a thing. You know, if if it was back in the day when we didn't get anywhere near as many films coming out and the video library would get more. And you know when you discover a movie in the video library and yeah. you go, oh, how awesome is this? Yeah. Kick-Ass would be great. Okay. You go, oh my God, this is amazing. But it's not that because it was a big release. Yeah. You sort of give it... And oh, yeah, okay. It did get quite a push with advertising as well. I know we had, like, bus shelter ads Everywhere. around us and yeah, TV spots and stuff. And it's sort of weird, because some films just don't deserve... I mean, everything should be seen at the cinema. If you can, I guess. You make a movie to be seen. You, yep. you want it to be. But sometimes you pay, uh, depending on what day you go, and if you're a student or not or whatever, 15 to $21 to buy your ticket. You buy your popcorn and, you know, 40 bucks down, you're yeah, sort of exactly. going, I'm going to see this movie, and you come out going, hmm, okay. Yeah, that's a waste of money. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. Okay. So, no other cinema ventures? No. Well, maybe we should jump into our other cinema watching. Well, you start, because you've got more to to talk about, because I failed. Yes. we, We each nominated three movies for each other. Yep. And... I decided that I would go back and I would look at a couple of movies from the Coen brothers, which I'd never seen, and also Glengarry Glen Ross, which I kind of knew nothing about. And then when I saw it, a lot of things made more sense. The Simpsons. The Simpsons especially, yes. And, <laughs> and that kind of ties into my one of my other movies too, The Simpsons. But I'd never seen Glengarry Glen Ross. I've heard that it was a massive acting ensemble piece. And a lot of people that are in it consider their acting in that movie to be their their pinnacle of their acting. Mm -hmm. And I think Alec Baldwin's probably one that jumps to mind. I don't think I've seen him act better than his little bit that he does. Well, he's got seven minutes to do his thing and he gets in and out and he's pretty good at it. I think we may have mentioned it on the last show when we were discussing that we were going to watch it, that it's based on a David mammoth play yep and he then wrote the screenplay for the movie and he added that alec baldwin character in for, for the baldwin. movie for alec baldwin exactly so it's not in the play it's just in the movie and yep. it was written purely for him yeah and he just comes in and is an asshole for seven minutes exactly it's awesome and it's brilliant and i'm not the biggest al pacino fan but i really enjoyed al pacino's role in this movie well he's not hoo-ha yeah he's exactly not, he's, he's not he's not post Son yeah. of a woman, yeah. Pacino. He's still kind of got a little bit of that. Well, there's him and De Niro always have a, a thing about them. When they're in a scene, they have gravitas. Yeah. They're, they're, and like Jack Nicholson's the same. You don't get understated performances from them anymore. Exactly. But this one, he's sort of like, oh, he's a bit of an everyman. Yeah. And you sort of feel, not vulnerable, but it's sort of like, oh, you are human. You're not superhuman. Yeah. That's like Tom Cruise, you don't get that much. Well, he doesn't take the roles where he gets to do that that much. Yeah, well, speaking of vulnerability, the other character that really stands out in this movie is Jack Lemmon. Yes. As, is it Shelley? I think so. Yeah, I watched it a couple of weeks ago, so I can't remember his actual name, but I used to be a big Simpsons fan. I must say I haven't really watched a lot of the newer stuff, but I like the character of Gil, the, mm-hmm. the hapless salesman, and there's an episode of of The Simpsons, it's one of my favourites, where Marge becomes a real estate agent, and that's Gil's first appearance in The Simpsons, and he's just totally based on Jack Lemmon's character yep. from Glengarry Glen Ross, and has the same mannerisms, the same look, and then after I watched Glengarry Glen Ross, I went and dug up through my Simpsons collection and actually found the Realty Bites episode so I could watch it again, and there's even some same lines. It's, it's <laughs> uncanny, but yes. That being said, Glengarry Glen Ross was probably my least favourite of the three movies that I got assigned wow. to me. Like, I thought the acting was awesome. I thought everyone did a great job. Kevin Spacey was really good and looked like he was about 20 years old. It was like one of his first movies, I think. He was good. Ed Harris was good. You can't fault any of the acting in it. No. I, yeah, I just found that it was probably a little bit dry as far as subject matter goes. But yeah, I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed the other movies I watched more. Yep. Now... The two other movies that I was assigned were both Coen Brothers films. Mm -hmm. And I think we talked about it after we finished recording last month when we were trying to work out what movies we were going to watch. I think Fargo was probably the only Coen Brothers movie I'd really seen and enjoyed before this. So I haven't seen Raising Arizona. Actually, I have. So I had seen two Coen Brothers movies. I think maybe more. I don't know. But I went back and we watched. We well, we picked Oh Brother We're Out There and Barton Fink. So I watched Oh Brother We're Out There. First, or actually second after Glengarry Glen Ross. Mm. And, yeah, I didn't really know what to expect other than the fact that I knew it had some musical numbers mm-hmm. with the Soggy Bottom Boys. Yep. And I loved it. I thought it was it was well done. I thought 
George Clooney just had so much charisma and he was just born for that role. And it was very clever writing. I thought there was a few little quips that him and John Turturro did to each other and just the way they talked was just clever. Yep. And I, I liked that a lot. You know, it's your Leo, do you? Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah, based on, <laughs> on another story as well, a very mm. old story. But just the way it all fell together. And I just, and the way they talked, it was just something about it just really got me. So yeah, I quite enjoyed that. Yep. And I thought John Goodman's little cameo in that was awesome as well as the Bible salesman. But nowhere near as good as. I, yeah, I've seen Bigger Bears I was at Cameron Brothers yeah. as well. So that explains it then. So maybe I have some more Cameron Brothers. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, speaking of John Goodman, I thought he was really good in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. But then in Barton Fink, I thought he was excellent. Yes. And now, oh, you go on. I'll tell you my Barton Fink story after. Oh, well, Barton Fink, the only thing I knew about Barton Fink leading up to this was, Simpsons. again, The Simpsons, <laughs> the episode where they decide they're going to sneak into an R-rated movie and they all go and see Barton Fink and they do the Barton Fink, Barton Fink. And when it started and I was watching it and it was, you know, there's this Hollywood play or this playwright that goes to Hollywood to write a, a wrestling story which I didn't know about either, which I thought was kind of cool. I, I was sitting there thinking, why is this movie an R-rated movie? And then the big turn, which probably comes about two-thirds of the way through the movie, was totally unexpected. Like, I, I'm glad I knew nothing about this film going into it, because I think there would be quite spoilers, and I'm not really sure how much I should talk about spoiler-wise here. Don't. Because, if you, again, haven't, if seen you it, haven't seen it, I, I it's... It. Yeah. I, I, I won't go anywhere near what happens, but... It's very unexpected, mm-hmm. and John Goodman is just phenomenal. Like yep. I've always thought John Goodman was a really good actor, but after watching this, I'm convinced that he is a much better actor than a lot of people give him credit for. Yeah, yeah. well, Barton Fink, for me, I would like to consider it the birth of my cinema watching. I, I used to go and see movies, and I was 18. I was just out of high school, and I'm going to see movies. You know, in school holidays, hadn't started work yet. And it was like this movie called Barton Fink was playing. And I went with four friends and one got it. I loved it. Yeah. And my other two friends hated it because it was, we thought it was a black comedy going from what little I knew about it. Yeah. And it, yeah, it is a black comedy. Yeah. It it's is, funny, it's but it's not funny. Ha ha. It's, yeah. not, it's not a comedy. And yeah, my two friends hated it. And I'm going, but, but, but it was awesome. Why? <laughs> and I hadn't really seen anything like this. I mean, I was 18. I'd been watching Terminator 2. You know, this is not what I was used to, but something in it clicked with me. Yeah. John Turturro is my favourite actor now because of this movie, ever since seeing this movie. Yeah. I just thought he was awesome. John Goodman was in Roseanne at the time, from what I know, and that's all I know him as. Yeah. And in this, he is amazing. Like He just has such a presence. He does, doesn't he? And the way they film it. And, I mean, I've seen a lot of Coen Brothers since, and they just know what they're doing. You listen to them do interviews, they're strange people. But when it comes to making films, they know what they're doing. And, you know, Steve Buscemi is the first time I ever saw him was in this movie. My name is Chet. Yeah. So there's so much in this that just I, I just loved. I just dug it and blew me away. And since then, yeah, like I said, John Turturro, I've followed him since because of this. John Goodman, I've checked out since because of this movie. And it made me seek out other films, not movies. It's yeah. like, oh, I want to go to the Cinema Nova or the Art House Cinemas to check out more films because of this movie. So I, I use this as one of my favourite movies because... Not only is it good, it's a very important movie to me. Well, that makes sense. Because I I think everyone... Well, I hope everyone goes through a stage where they decide that they don't want to just watch million-dollar blockbusters and they go out of their way to actually seek cinema and film Mm. rather than just, you know, fluff movies. Yep. 
I think I went through a stage as well, probably maybe a little bit older than you. I think I was probably in my early 20s and I started to seek out the older film. Other. And you watch different ones to me. Like, you love 200 Cigarettes, which but again, it just that, it grabbed me at a different time to you and you, it, it grabbed you, it didn't grab me at all. That's still quite mainstream. I was thinking more of, like, your Jim Jarmusch movies and yep. like Smoke and Blue in the Face and movies like that that are very far from mainstream as well. But, yeah, I don't know. I've, actually, I've gone back and I've tried to watch a few things later. Like, we talked last month how I watched Spring Breakers, and then I went back and tried to watch Kids again, which was Harmony Corinne's breakthrough. I'm not sure if he directed that or whether he just wrote oh, he it. he did, yeah. Yeah, and, and I remember at the time I saw that, it was quite controversial because, you know, the characters in it are all very young, and there was that whole fact that none of them were named actors. It's, is it a documentary? Is it real? Sort mm. of thing. And I, And watching it now... I just didn't find it as confronting as I did at the time. And I, I think it falls into the trap of being sort of that early 90s and there's the whole threat of AIDS and everyone's worried about like unprotected sex and stuff like that. It's like, you know, what diseases can you catch? Whereas yep. now people are a bit more blasé about that, I think. Mm. But yeah, I, I didn't think that was quite as, as much as I enjoyed it originally. But there was also other movies. I, I know I went through a stage probably also in my early 20s where I decided to check out foreign cinema and I was watching yes. a lot of, especially Chinese cinema for the first time. But I, I don't know. I was like, nowadays, though, I'd, I'd probably prefer not to watch a movie and have to read the subtitles because it's very hard to multitask and play games on your well, iPad. That, that is a problem I have with certain things. Yeah, I mean, I, if it's a film I want to see, I'll watch it. Like, yeah. I, the, I, I don't know what's going on like I used to. Yeah. Like I used to trawl the Nova and those yeah. sort of cinemas and go, because like you're saying, Tim Jamoosh, like, the Astor's pretty much playing old films only. Yeah. And some blockbusters a couple of months later. Yeah. Where the Valhalla used to be here, which is a similar cinema. And I remember they had a run of Night on Earth by yep. Jim Jamoosh. And I saw that there. So they're not doing that so much. So I sort of was aware of certain semi-mainstream films because yep. of that. I'm not really looking at the Nova now as to, oh, what's on this week? Nothing. Oh, let's yeah. see what they've got. I'm not, I just don't have the time like I used to to go and catch films yep. like, a, like that anymore. Yeah. Which but is, thanks to... Dave from my Shooting the Pooh podcast, yep. he he does reviews for the Radio for the Blind. Okay. Which is weird. You think Radio for the Blind, why are they getting film reviews? But not yeah. everyone is totally 100% blind. Yeah, exactly. So if you're partially blind... Vision impaired. Sorry, yes. If you're partially visually impaired, you can, if you're going to see anything, the biggest screen possible is your friend. Makes sense. So therefore, hmm. they have a lot of people go. Yep. So he does that, and he doesn't want to see blockbusters all the time. So yeah. he actually does like that. So every now and then, I get a phone call saying, "Got to review something for the show. Do you want to go see this today?" So thank God I've got that outlet yep. dragging me to these films. Hmm. Otherwise, I'm just like, yeah. And with downloads now and Netflix and on demands, it's just too easy to sort of catch up on films. Yeah. So you exactly. don't get that feeling that it's special anymore. They just, oh yeah, and. I don't know, you sort of got a feeling that a film should be to some sort of level where it's a pass. So if you see a film and you come away and you haven't thrown the tally out the window, then it's like, well, that passed that. And it should have been that. So you don't actually give it any credit because, well, well that's as good as it should have been. It's like a glass of milk. It should taste like a glass of milk. If it, if it does, it's done its job. Yep. You don't question how good it was to get there. And you go, oh, well, that's fine because I'm going to buy another one next week. But movies are a quality. It's, it's, yep. it's a thing that people put their time and effort into. And you can't just say a pass or fail. Yeah. And, and I think I think it falls back on the same thing like you were saying with gaming and the, the whole free game 
issue. The fact that there is just so many movies out there now, that, as you said, downloads, you know, movie channels on Foxtel, stuff like that. I can remember when I was younger, if I went to the movies, I would never walk out of the movie. Like, even if it was the shittest movie in the world, like Blair Witch Project or something like that, I wouldn't walk out. Yeah. I've never walked out of a cinema. Yeah. I've fallen asleep in a couple of movies, <laughs> which is probably a different story, but I've never walked out. But... Now, when we're watching movies at home, my wife and I kind of have this like 10 minute rule. Mm. Like if after the first 10 minutes it hasn't grabbed us, we'll sort of think, well, do we want to keep watching? Mm. And a lot of the time that we'll start watching something and we'll just go, well, this is just shit and we'll just turn it off. So there's like, we're talking about Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah. And you said it was a little bit disappointing, but we didn't get that far. We didn't even get to the bit where they stopped being um, black and white into colour. We'd given up before that. And I think it's that whole, you know, we're, we're not paying to see this movie. Let's just not waste our hour and a half. Yeah. But I don't know. But anyway, now, your challenge. My challenge was, as we found out last episode, I have not seen a film with Daniel Day-Lewis in. Yes. And, you know, considered maybe one of the greatest actors, if not the greatest actor of this generation. Well, he's a two-time Oscar winner, isn't he? At least. He's been nominated a lot of times. I know he won... He won for Lincoln and he won for In the Name of the Foot. No, My Left Foot. My Left Foot, yes. Um, Thankfully, I didn't make you watch My Left Foot or In the Name of the Father or My Beautiful Laundry. We went for three of his more accessible sort of films, I think. More recent ones. More recent ones, definitely. Which was... Last of the Mohicans, Gangs of New York and There Will Be Blood. Now, full disclosure here, I didn't get around to seeing Gangs of New York. Which is a shame. I'll get to it. I do want to see it. So, yes, in the last... Eight hours. I have seen <laughs> There Will Be Blood and Last of the Mohicans. All right. Well, you were just watching Last of the Mohicans just before we started recording, so it's fresh in your mind. So it let's, is. let's talk about that a little bit. Yes. I remember at the time when this came out, I remember the ad, and there's that scene where the Indian guy, sorry, Native American, is throwing the tomahawk at the camera. Now, that's pre Wachowski. Yep. You know, there's no slow mo. But it, it did, you know, it was kind of cool in the trailer. Seeing it now, it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But I remember everyone being in love with Daniel Day-Lewis. All the women were in love. Oh, my God. And he was like sexiest man kind of stuff. And I don't ever see Daniel Day-Lewis in that Channing Tatum role of, you know, who's sexiest bachelors. Yeah, I'm just thinking about that. I, I can't picture him as being a sex symbol in Last of the Mohicans. Oh, but I watched it. It is like there's a term called the male gaze, and that's how the cinema... That's... uses women as a sex object in the way the camera gazes on them. Yes, so and G-A-Z-E. Yes. <laughs> and watching this movie, he is the epitome of that. I mean, the camera is absolutely loving him. Yeah. Like, it is posed on him. He's got the long flowing hair. And he's, you know, he's pretty fit in it. Yeah. He's not, like, super ripped, but he's fit. He's, he's rugged and outdoorsy. Yeah, and no, he's got the long hair and he's running and he's running in slow motion. The camera's got him and he's got the intense look and he's... Because I didn't real, I don't know the story of the last of the Mohicans. Like I didn't realize he was like Tarzan. He's a half. He's a white man brought up by yeah. Native Americans. I yeah. didn't realize that. Oh, okay. Like, he doesn't look very Indian. Like, oh, okay. That's why it doesn't look Native American. So, <laughs> so you're not, got anything to do on this to not be racist. Yeah. So there's that, and then they talked about how do you speak English so well? Oh, I was sent to a school and this and that because I thought he's very. He learned it from a book. <laughs> Faulty <laughs> <Vaulty> Towers. Okay. <laughs> the um, episode with the moose on the wall. And Manuel's asking how the, how the moose is about. Anyway, <laughs> complete tangent of Faulty yes. Towers there. Yeah, so he, he's quite charming. Yeah. He speaks well. He's rugged. He loves the girl. The girl loves him and he's doing everything for the girl. Everything about it says sex symbol. 
was like, girls are going to watch this going, that's my man. I want okay. that man. And I could totally see that. And I never saw him as a sex with I remember at the time when the movie came out, they're going, oh my God, Daniel Day. And I totally sort of forgot about that, but watching it again, it's like, yeah. And I didn't realize it was Michael Mann film. So Mr. Miami okay. Vice himself directed this. I didn't know that either. But then I don't think I've seen Last of the Mohicans for probably a good 10, 15 years. I remember it was one of the movies that everyone touted. Like when you got a DVD player, you have to get this movie. Oh, it's beautiful. It yeah. is like the vistas. Yeah. Uh, great. It's a funky enough story. The early fight scenes are really good, but then as soon as Daniel Day turned up and he's and he's old man, yeah, and who's that old man? He's fucking old man, and they were terrible <laughs> fight scenes. But as soon as they turned up, it was like again, fifteen, nearly twenty years on, yeah, it's dated because of what we've seen since. But oh, the fight scenes are so slow and they look so choreographed and awkward compared yeah. to what we've seen since. Are the effects in that last fight where he, uh, the other Mohican attacks Wes Studi and hits him and like his arm pops out of his, like the bone pops and out of his arm. And it was so fucking stuff. slow. But it still looks believable. No, because he no. just stood there and let him do it because the man who was doing it was so fucking old. True. It right. was, uh, but it was funny, like Wes Snoody turned up and was like, oh, that's right. This is what I've heard people talk about that. Yeah. And then Pete Pothelswaite turned up as well. I was like, hang on, this is the two actors I always get confused between. <laughs> and they're in the same film. So that was kind of funny. So as a film, I thought it was great to watch. It was a f- nice little adventure story. And Daniel Day was filmed well. Like, I don't know if he acted terribly well. He was, he was charming. He threw himself into the role. Though. How so? He, he did his usual trick of like, you know, Putting on studying accent. how to do the accent and he's very method as far as his accents go yes but I, I don't think he did a lot to act to turn around and say oh my god that's an amazing role yep. he, he was fine okay I think other people could have done that role Tom Cruise could have done that role you know he would have been fine as well he did that role essentially by doing Last Samurai Last Samurai that's alright yeah. so uh, he did a fine job okay he did a fine job so right. now so, by comparison there will be blood yes okay. so let's go from being the, so he the sex symbol Yes. And all the women love him to being a massive misogynist prick, really, and there will be blood. Is he a misogynist? He doesn't treat women bad. He treats everyone bad. Well, that's true. But, uh, yeah, if anything, I think it's Paul Thomas Anderson who's a misogynist by only casting one woman in the whole movie. Well, I guess he's not in the story. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not, I don't know. It's sort of like, won't pass a Bechdel test, but... Yeah. Now, all right, so... I, I watched this movie a few months ago and we talked about it on the show. Yep. And then after I watched it, I went and read the Wikipedia. Yep. And there was a few things, because I'm a little bit slow on the uptake with some movies that I didn't pick. No, I probably didn't, because I... Full disclosure. Yes, I've watched it <laughs> enough. I have also been trying to save Tally in um, Get Out of a Trial on her Fleet World in Mass Effect 2 at the same time. So, you know, may have missed a few things too. So you could, intru- you could um, enlighten yeah. me here. I missed the fact that it wasn't his son. But the, they said it at the end. Yeah, they did say it at the end. But he... I, basically it was not until... Here we go, spoilers. It wasn't until the kid lost his hearing... Yeah. And Daniel Day-Lewis was kind of like, well, I'm not your dad, you're not my son sort of thing. And I was like, hang on, isn't he his son? No, and I no, realised no, that his dad got killed in the mine and then Daniel Day-Lewis took him over. Yeah. And I kind of didn't pick that up initially and I was like... Orphan in a basket. Yeah. yeah. He kept calling him. Did he? For like two minutes when they when they 
Alright, so we've spoiled the shit out of it. <laughs> I mean, I never... You didn't pick up on it at the start. He yeah. had his son, there was no mother around, he just had this boy. Yeah. And then he grew up, his son lost his hearing, and then it was a good ten years, eight to ten years later, yeah. when his son finally goes, I'm leaving, I'm going to Mexico, I'm going to make it as my own. And the dad's like, well, that makes you my competitor. And yeah. he goes, no, I'm different. He goes, no, you're my competitor. Yeah. And by the yeah, way, basically you're was... not my son. Yeah. And he's like, what? And he goes, no, you're a bastard in a basket. Yeah. You were never my son. I just use you as a way to get into plots of land. Yeah, and, and when that bit happens, you do realise, but leading up to that... Oh, no, I think, I, that, I think it's meant to be a okay. swerve. Yeah. I don't think you're meant to know that before that. Well, you kind of did and you kind of didn't, and I, I totally missed that I until never, that I happened. didn't figure Yeah, and I thought some of the supporting actors were really good, like, um, is it Paul Sano that plays the twins? The like, twins in it? You didn't pick that either? <laughs> no. Uh, okay, because... The guy that comes to him originally and says, I think we've got oil on our property, come and have a look, is a different person to the guy that he takes on as his oh. his helper. They're, they're twin brothers, okay. but they're played by the same actor. All right. <laughs> is Why? Something rather Sunday? Is that what his name is? Sunday, the, the preacher man. The preacher. He comes yeah. to get him, yeah. Yeah, but it's his brother that comes originally. Ah, that, okay. <laughs> Should that be obvious? Because I'm dumb. I mean, I admit that freely. <laughs> And I was flying around space. Yes. Well, maybe that's why. But yeah, but that's why uh, his brother tells him to come there. And then when he gets, when Daniel Day Lewis goes to the farm, the religious Daniel brother. Daniel Day Lewis Yeah. He's gone to the farm? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Cut that out, sorry. <laughs> you, you bought the farm. <laughs> <laughs> you bought a zoo? Yes. Yeah, but it's his brother. Anyway. So, to how is his brother? Like, the first person who comes to selling the deal the f- is the corrupt one? No. no. Well, yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I think that originally he's he realizes the family needs money and he suggests that they sell off the land. But yeah. then the other brother, who's the religious one, wants to kind of build a church, build the church, and wants more money to to do it than the original deal. Yeah, and that's what leads into the whole relationship he has with Daniel Day Lewis, which culminizes. Yeah, because I, I did look at the credits on IMDb, and yeah. he was playing Paul Sunday and Eli Sunday. Yeah, and I'm like, why has he got two names? Did he when he became a priest? Did he take a different name? No, they're, that's they're why brothers. I was confused. They're brothers, but you never got them to. Get, well, how was that shown? <laughs> I don't think it was. Okay, so right, fair enough. Anything else that I missed? <laughs> Did you understand the whole I drink your milkshake? At the end now, that was an yeah. awesome line. That's, and, that's sort of weird. How funny, because I've heard the line, I drink your milkshake before. And it's like, how? what's it from? Because people, I drink your milkshake. It's like, yeah, whatever. And then it's like, it's in There Will Be Blood. It's like, how the fuck does that <laughs> exactly. work in that movie? Yeah. But then some lines just have to work in context of the film. Yeah. Whereas, like, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. One of the famous lines in cinema history. Yeah. It's, it's not much of a line. No. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. How's that work? When you sit through three and a half hours of that movie, and when he says that to Scarlett O'Hara, you punch the air and you go, fuck yeah, Red Butler! <laughs> awesome! It is a great line, but yep. it's in context to the film. Yep. And this drinking milkshake too. It definitely is in context. Because, yeah. yeah, I was sitting there through the whole movie going, when's he going to say it? When's he going to say it? <laughs> and then when he does say it, it's like, ah, it's a metaphor. Because <laughs> so, I thought it was going to happen early because I knew it was in it. So when he's a Dinner with his friend. Um, Are they ordered milkshakes? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's having dinner with his son and he yep. ordered him uh, goat's milk and stuff. Yeah. And I thought, and then there was an antagonistic, like the other landowner sort of came in and there was a confrontation. I thought it was going to happen then because there's milk. Maybe yeah. now, but no, it happened later. And it, it, yeah, it, it's a metaphor for the whole movie, I think. Yeah. yeah. So did you enjoy There Will Be Blood? I did. Yeah. I did. It was a strange film. I'm thinking, this is, it's an Oscar movie. Yeah. 
I think he might have been nominated. For Gangs of New York, he might have got one as well. Definitely nominated. And this one, I reckon he would have been nominated as well. He was nominated, yeah. and it was nominated for Best Picture, but it lost mm. out to No Country for Old Men. Which is not similar. It looks similar. In Filmed its... in the same area. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Awesome film. Yep. Coen Brothers again. Oh, isn't see, it? Yeah, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it, it is. Well, because I've watched that as well. You've seen a lot of Coen Brothers. I've seen a lot of Coen Brothers. <laughs> I don't know who the Coen Brothers are, but I've seen a lot of their work. <laughs> but, yeah, so it, it was a strange film as far as, like, this is a weird story to tell. And it's not your typical three-act structure movie. It doesn't... No. But, yeah, it, 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 it was an interesting story. It told well. It jumped a bit. Like, you sort of had a bit. It jumped a bunch of years. You got this bit, then yep. jumped a bit again. It's like, what the fuck happened in that bit? There's a lot happened there, but... Yeah, because almost your descent into well, it's one man's life, yeah, with bits and pieces here. Yeah, you know, I suppose he was. You thought he, was, you thought he was kind of likable at the start, but you know, not by the end at all. And I think the whole idea of missing those chunks is he goes from being you know, a struggling oil miner to being an oil baron. Yeah, and you don't really need to see him build his fortune. You just need to know that he has the fortune there. Yeah, I mean, they, they say that, you know. It's, yeah. You know, you can have someone's life. Is it based on a true story, from what you read? I don't think it is. Okay. But you don't need to tell everything, just yep. the important bits. And I guess that's, you know, when you're telling a story that long, mm-hmm. you've got to pick your moments. And as a performance, yeah, is he the greatest actor of all time? I don't know. He had a funny voice. It was Christian Bale, Batman, sort of weird. It wasn't, no, we knew that. Where's your trigger? It wasn't yep. that bad, but it was not normal. No. It wasn't an understated performance it was it was it's, it's a strange sort of I, I don't know the way he talks it's not really the accent it's the pacing of his no, it's the, the accent and the pacing yeah it's a i'm talking now it's not a conversational way to speak it's yeah. almost theatrical yeah and when you get around to watching gangs in new york you'll notice the way he speaks in that as well is it different again like is Di- it, it becomes again. a different character yeah he becomes different again okay so yeah it'd be interesting yeah so well at least i can say i've crossed off some um well, two's better than none. Yes, and you've we crossed off a lot of Coen Brothers movies for you. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I was just filling in the blanks of the Coen Brothers rather than. But Barton Fink, I mean, yeah. how? I mean, yes, you liked it. it. Was the best of the three, or no? You like No Brother? As a whole, I liked No Brother. Where are you? Probably best of the three. Barton Fink, I liked the ending a lot. Mm. And again, the build-up was kind of again. Yeah, I was sitting there thinking. Why is, why is this R rated? And then, yeah, the end, I was like, ah, that's why. <laughs> but, yeah. But I, I think as a whole picture, I think Oh Brother were out there, my favourite of the three. Yeah. So, yes. Well, okay. Now, you're going away I'm for off. a little while, so you probably, unlike me, when I'm on holidays, I watch a lot more movies than I normally do. You're probably the opposite, aren't I'll you? be seeing none. Yes. Because I'm flying away. You are flying. And off to LA. Go to Disneyland and Universal yeah. Studios and Warner Brothers because I'm a big kid. But I have been trying to watch some Breaking Bad to try and catch up to date. So hopefully watch an episode live in the States and maybe see the last one. I think we're there for that time. Well, there's, Unfortunately, only, there's only two more. In that I'll be in America for that. Yes. I'm not going to catch up. We're only we're two episodes into season five. So we're technically only, what, 11 behind? You're 11 behind. So you're not going to catch up. I'm not going to catch up. Damn it. Speaking of so catching up to while we were away, we took the first season of Sons of Anarchy with us. So I'm, yes. I'm finally watched one season of Sons of Anarchy, and they're now up to season six of that. Yeah. And I highly recommend that too. So once you've caught up with Breaking Bad, give Sons of Anarchy a go. 
Yeah, I, think I found the only thing that I didn't like about Sons of Anarchy is the fact that I'm now so used to watching Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones and you know, the AMC and your HBO type shows. Sons of Anarchy's on FX network in the States mm-hmm. and they will let the violence run. Yep. And there is a lot of blood. And there is a lot of stuff that you look at and think, my God, I can't believe they just did that on a TV show. But there's no swearing. There's mm-hmm. like, they'll say shit. And I think that's about Are as far boobs? as they go. No boobs. No boobs. There it's is, not porn. It's HBO. <laughs> yeah. There is a kind of like sex happening in some stages. Yeah. But there's nothing shown. Mm-hmm. It's all insinuated. Yes. But there's a couple of scenes where there's like junkies and stuff. And the acting of the junkies, once you've watched Breaking Bad, you cannot compare anything to a junkie to Breaking Bad. Like Breaking Bad is the most realistic portrayal of people on drugs that I have mm. ever seen. Yeah. And then you watch... Sons of Anarchy and it was like oh you could do better than that <laughs> but other than that yeah I'm, I'm loving it I've I've watched a whole season in about three days I think you need The Wire next yeah. mind you got five seasons of this to go oh, the, the other thing is The Shield because the guy that's done Sons of Anarchy Kurt Suda is behind The Shield he was writer director of The Shield as yeah, well so. well I was talking to a friend the other day and he likes Breaking Bad and it always comes up by Vince Gilligan yeah. Not knowing who Vince Gilligan was, going, should I know this name? Big writer on the X-Files. I didn't okay. know. And a friend was saying he went and looked up the wiki and got all the Vince Gilligan episodes of the X-Files and watched them. And they yeah. were quite funny and quirky and okay. good. And some of the better ones. And there's one where Brian Cranston basically okay. plays at speed, where he, he's driving along and his wife, and his wife has essentially brain aneurysm and explodes yeah. while they're driving. Okay. And it kind of works out that it's going to happen to him too. Unless he he keeps moving, doesn't stop moving, and he's driving west. He's fine. (laughs) So he's got Mulder at gunpoint in the car, driving west. So it sounds, as a concept, it's like, oh. And it's, yeah, it's Brian Cranston. It's like, I might have to chase that day. Well, that's good. Speaking of X-Files crossovers, Mitch Pelleggi, who was Skinner in the X-Files, is actually... One of the rival gang leaders in Sons of Anarchy. This podcast's not going to end. We're just well, going to segue and a segue yeah. and a segue, unless we say goodbye. Well, I think that's probably <laughs> a good idea. We've, we've gone an hour, so we should definitely uh, wrap it up, I think. So Excellent. When you come back, we'll have a, a bit of a travel story Travelog. from your time, your time in LA. A podcast slideshow, shall yes, we say. Maybe. We probably won't have as much gaming to talk about when you come back as well. Are you calling off for two weeks? Not even. Okay. Well, it's maybe a very we'll, quick one. Maybe um, you'll, uh, you'll find something overseas to uh, bring back and talk about. Maybe, or I could tell you what Puzzle Quest Marvel, Marvel Puzzle yes. Quest is like. I might finish. I've got 16 hours on a plane. Who knows what I'll be doing. Exactly. Yeah. So, All right. anyway, well, I'll see you on the flip side. Yes, Thank and you, we'll Joe. see you next month. Yes. And yeah, we might have a topic-free one next month with right. no challenges for each other. No since, challenges, because I suck. Since, since you can't follow a simple challenge. But yes. I had another challenge on another podcast, but you <laughs> Alrighty. Well, you know where to find us. We're the Massive Attack Podcast on Facebook. So, facebook.com slash the Send Massive Attack photos, Podcast. Please. Something. Say hi. Yeah, we've been a bit quiet on the Facebook. We haven't posted anything either, so don't, we're not yeah. looking at you. And, of course, we're on iTunes. Feel free to leave us a review on iTunes, because that's looking a bit lonely, too. Mm. Alrighty. And on that note, we'll see you next month. Bye-bye. Uh, uh. I gotta go, gotta go. Gotta go, gotta go. Before I do something stupid.